0: And we are back, Running Lifestyle Culture, the podcast. This podcast is always about giving you a little bit more than just the sport. Uh, Running is something we are all passionate about, but we know that we need to have our health as a key factor and also the culture because that's all about social health. It's all about incorporating all the things outside of your running to enhance your running. So with that said, um, I've got a guest on my podcast. You know what we have to do on the podcast. We have to let the guests introduce themselves. So
1: hello, how are you? How's it going? Um, yeah, so by way of introductions, I'm Jeffrey Boydie. Um, I, I guess I'd say I'm someone who's very passionate about health, particularly plant-based nutrition, um, since my kind of transition to a plant-based diet in 2017. So my kind of ethos is around encouraging people how they can live a healthy plant-based lifestyle and other elements of health, sleep, training, just to kind of create like, almost like a holistic pie chart in terms of how they can optimize their life. So yeah, I've been very vocal about that on kind of social media for the last few years and really passionate about it. Um, see how long may that continue.
0: Yeah. And you, you've built a huge community and it's amazing to see the information that you're putting out there. So 2017, was that before or after
1: Game Changers? So that was before Game Changers. I think Game Changers was was that twenty nineteen, might have been twenty nineteen or twenty twenty Game Changers. Um, but my shift actually came from watching What the Health, which is quite interesting because now that I look back at What the Health, um, I mean even at the time I did see that there, you know, it's a documentary that does have a few holes in it. They're making a few outlandish claims, but this it was like a there were certain things in there that made me just think, well, wow, let me just let me just make a change. Let me just see. So. And of course, you know, growing up in an African household, loads of meat, eggs, fish over the years. So for me to kind of go from that to an overnight kind of, you know, dramatic switch to then try and you know see how I could optimize a plant-based diet, it was quite interesting. But yeah, ma- managed to navigate it, and you know, felt some incredible benefits um, quite early on, actually, which were really interesting.
0: And where specifically in Africa are you from? Ghana. Ghana, and I'm from Uganda. And I would um, agree. I I went vegetarian for one year. And um, the uproar in my family, <laughs> it was, um, yeah, it was quite a surprise for everybody. So a cult- that's a big cultural shift as well. I mean, so you watched the film and then what, like, what, what did you do? Did you trial the diets or what happened? So, you, you know, you've watched the film and then how did, how did things play out the weeks, the weeks and days after?
1: So literally at that point, I was like, right. I'm I'm going to go towards a plant-based diet. So I remember it was almost like a bit of kind of fumbling and, uh, you know, trying to look into different recipes. I mean, obviously there were some foods that I was eating beforehand that I could still keep in. So, you know, like sweet potato, broccoli, rice, you know, oatmeal, different, few different berries, not the kind of range that I'm eating now. But it was more like the obvious questions around, where am I going to get my protein? And then you start to learn about key nutrients that you need to look out for. So you need B12s, omega-3s, you know, iodine, iron, calcium, zinc. Just wants to be aware of and where you're going to get these from food. Because I think it's a lot easier, I think, for um, to be, to have a nutritionally adequate diet on if you're eating in, in an omnivorous way. That's not to say it's not possible on a plant-based way, but you just have to have a little bit more awareness, a little bit more focus, a bit of education around it. And then once you get that under your belt, which I then did over the over the kind of, you know, weeks and months, then I just started feeling incredible. And to be honest, after a couple of weeks, I felt like I was I felt a lot lighter. I felt like I had more energy. My sleep was a lot deeper. That was a big one because I would typically get, you know, eight or nine hours sleep beforehand, but still wake up feeling really groggy. But then once I went plant-based after sort of two or three weeks, I was sleeping incredibly well. And then just a sense of mental clarity. I don't know, I I felt like I was just thinking a lot clearer. And that kind of, you know, it's then started to translate to so many other areas of my life. So yeah, it was definitely a process of, you know, trial and error and, you know, exploring recipes, incorporating different foods, and then just kind of finding out which iteration essentially of a plant-based diet worked best for me. I
0: would completely agree in terms of the benefits. I definitely felt them when I was um, vegetarian for a year. I definitely felt that, um, yeah, things were, a lot clearer our sleep was a big thing for me um, but I think one thing that I needed to get better at and I still need to work on now even though I'm not vegetarian or plant-based is um, the focus The I think it's easy for you to especially with our busy lifestyles it's easy for us to just think okay I'm just gonna eat this meal which is a standard meal it's like it's really easy for me to to you to make and to to use and to but do we understand the nutrients that we're um, that we're taking in? And I think that's really why I wanted to get you on the podcast because you do you're really intentional with your content, and that's what I really enjoy. And I think if we all, as a society and a community, can be a bit more intentional, I think we can make some big changes in our in our lives, just in in a general in a general way, in terms of the amount of activity we do, the amount of um, the quality of food and fuel that we use, because that will then enhance the activity. And overall, I think we're both big advocates of a healthier lifestyle. So um, awesome. thank you, first of all, for your content. I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. I appreciate that. And um, let's deep dive then into kind of the the strategies you use. So I think what I wanted to get, to get onto really was You've made some long term choices, you believe, and you feel that having a plant based diet from what we discussed reduces inflammation. Yeah. Can you give us a breakdown of maybe things that would benefit that that specific um, point? Because we know there are, as runners who maybe listen to this, inflammation might be something you're worried about.
1: Yeah, so I think one thing about a plant-based diet is that one, if you if you focus on the whole foods and get a you know a wide variety and breadth of different foods, different colours, what you're doing is you're automatically increasing the amount of antioxidants you're getting into your diet. Now we know antioxidants are really important to help reduce oxidative stress, and that can come from either you know the envi- environmental kind of elements, whether it's you know our diet or any other thing, anything that's absorbed in the air. Or that could also be from the foods that we eat, you know, foods that can contribute to DNA damage. So that's where an antioxidant rich diet is going to help to reduce that. That inflammation is going to help to reduce that kind of DNA damage. So if you're getting the likes of berries, all different types of berries, blueberries, raspberries, blackberries, dark leafy greens, they're rich in antioxidants such as lutein and zeaxanthin as well. Foods like sweet potato, beta carotene is a very potent antioxidant. So just getting a wide variety of different colours of food is going to really help. And again, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go fully plant based because you can get a lot of these foods in, regardless of what diet you eat. You know, I, it's, it's definitely worth prefacing that I'm not someone who is telling people that they absolutely need to go vegan. Like I'm obviously vegan. I, I do it and I choose to do it in the healthiest way possible. But my message is really more around okay, here's how you can get more plants into your diet. Or if you do want to go down the vegan route and without me pressuring you, because I'm not doing that, here's how you can do it in a healthy way. Here's what to look out for. So yeah, I think getting those antioxidant rich foods in is a really, really big thing. And I think that's maybe one of the reasons why I felt a lot lighter, for example. You know, maybe there was a reducing of that inflammation um, so yeah, I think that's a really, really key point to regardless of your dietary pattern, getting in those colorful, antioxidant rich foods can definitely help with, you know, with inflammation and particularly as an athlete or athletes that may be listening to this podcast, that could definitely be something that would be useful.
0: And then how do you think it impacts our sleep? Cause I think I would agree. Sleep definitely improved so much when I was, um, having a more wider breadth of vegetables
1: yeah do you know what it's a funny one I've been doing a bit of research on that um I mean there's definitely some some kind of focus around maybe getting in those omega-3s you get a higher content of omega-3s and that sense could be in with with fish as well but of course if you're having a DHA EPA supplement and then foods like chia seeds flax seeds walnuts hemp seeds you're just going to be improving your sleep in many ways and and again i think there's there's definitely so many things that you know we can we can look at and of course there could be other factors whether it's you know earlier bedtime or training more um but it, it's, it's i'd say it's almost it's anecdotal to me but there are so many people who experience the same thing when going plant-based that their sleep just dramatically improved and again maybe that's down to the reduction of inflammation so yeah it's, it's a really interesting thing that that you know to go through that experience and it's still something that i you know i sleep really well um you know in, in, you know, in today's day and age or in this day and age, rather, as opposed to, you know, just back then. And of course, you've got to look at the likes of, um, you know, nutrients such as magnesium. Magnesium is really critical for sleep, as we know. And when you go to a plant-based diet, when you're getting loads of, you know, whole grains, legumes, and, you know, those types of foods into your diet, dark, leafy greens, they're all very, very rich in magnesium. So you're really getting that, you know, that key nutrient in there, which we know is really beneficial for sleep.
0: Yeah, I think there is some evidence around the anti-inflammatory process and having that, you know having those antioxidants and having a better ability to settle and and rest and yeah. recover so if we think your recovery if we think that your recovery is better you, you you're going to tend to feel like dropping into deep sleep a lot better so i completely agree and i think um if anybody's listening and you're thinking about you know what are the marginal gains and what are the things that are going to support you i'd probably say having more veg- having more vegetables being more plant-based it's probably not a marginal gain. I think you can get a substantial gain. So mm. actually start doing it because um, as a physiotherapist and you know supporting people with their running um, and coaching them, I do talk about how many fruits and vegetables people have per day.' What's your
1: What's your advice on that? so i wouldn't say to focus on a daily amount i'd say to look at it across the week okay. and it particularly pertains to gut health as well because what you're getting with uh, a number of different sort of fruits vegetables whole grains nuts seeds and legumes you're getting a wide variety of different plant fibers that are you know the different strains of bacteria that reside within our gut like to feed on so you obviously get that benefit and you know with with improved diverse uh, diverse range of bacteria in your gut you're going to get improved immune function You're going to get different compounds like butyrate which can also help to you know further reduce risk of chronic disease so i would say to get a minimum of 30 different plants in across the week and that includes herbs and spices so it's a really easy way and a really almost like a quite fun way actually to kind of count to see what you can get into your diet you know just see if you're getting that diversity which is going to benefit you so yeah i think there's i think the five a day thing is a little bit outdated um, and I think also there's, there's definitely a, a conversation around you know, maybe certain companies, maybe abusing that a little bit. So packaged food companies utilizing, oh, this is one of your five a day when it's actually somewhat of a refined food. So yeah, just focusing on your kind of amount across the week and getting a minimum of 30 and play around with it, use herbs and spices, different foods, and it encourages you to explore different plant foods and in, in getting them into your diet as well.
0: So I, I'm a five a day kind of guy, you know why? Because I find it so simple to say to somebody, "Okay, can you have a smoothie with free fruits in it before 10 a.m.?" And yeah, people are like, yeah, "And people are like, yeah, like, oh, I'll put, yeah. I'll put my protein powder in it." And then I'm like, mm. "Okay, cool. It's a win, especially in this um, hyper-fast, you know, society we live in." Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and I, I was listening to a podcast and, and looking at some other pieces, and people were talking about how much you can get in at the beginning of your day so that you're already already almost not trying to um, shoehorn it in later on in the day. Mm -hmm. You've really kind of got a head start. And when I speak to most people before midday, they've not had one fruit or vegetables because, (laughs) you know, the the average person I think is having a coffee on an empty stomach and trying to to get to work with a piece of toast.
1: Maybe getting a sandwich from Starbucks or something like that. Yeah. Uh,
0: and, and yeah, so for me, I'm trying to get to a point where it, it it's sufficient. And um, I'm really trying to work on, yeah, giving people tools, ho- hopefully, sometimes that they can use. But I do like that 30 in a week. So if you're if you're not able to do five a day, 30 in a week sounds um, sounds great, yeah. and, and using spices—I'd never heard of that before. So,
1: yeah, exactly. And I think what you mentioned there about getting them in before ten a.m. That almost, as we, as we discussed before, creates that sense of intentionality. So, if someone's got a target, almost like a something to aim for, right? I need to get this amount of fruits, vegetables, or whatever it may be, in before ten a.m. They're going to be more likely to do it, and if that means maybe even you know making that commitment to themselves, and then once they've done that. Then they're maybe going to think oh, i need to wake up maybe a little bit earlier to make my smoothie so i'm not kind of rushing out the door and it's really important i think you know i i do actually like like front loading my nutrition at the start of the day because you know the day might get away from me or whatever that may be so if i have my oatmeal in the morning i'll always have berries nuts seeds you know maybe two different types of berries usually blueberries for sure maybe add some raspberries in there as well get a banana in there loads of nuts and seeds protein powder, maybe some maca powder as well. And I know that's giving me a real solid foundation to start the day. So as whereas if, you know things might go off track, I know I've kind of got my new, a lot of my nutrition front loaded at the start of the day, um, to kind of push me through. So, so yeah, I think getting that at the start of the day is really important.
0: That we should all be utilizing because also if you've trained the day before, if you front load that nutrition, I think it, it probably would benefit you to, to, to repair. Right. And yeah,
1: definitely. Definitely. In terms of recovery is so important. So yeah, I agree with that for sure.
0: Are there any other foundational, fundamental things that you really want people to pick up on and things that we can, you know, get get the the listeners to be doing on a regular
1: basis? Sleep. Sleep well. Like I think for me, like we talk about nutrition. Obviously, I'm I'm super passionate about it and and how to, you know, optimise a plant based diet. But I think sleep is if I think about like let's say, so if I don't sleep well on a certain day, the next day is finished for me. If my nutrition on a day isn't great, I could still recover the next day. And if I don't train, the next day will be fine. Sleep is so important. I've over the last sort of, I'd say two or three years, I've really looked to optimize my sleep in any way possible. Looking at different supplementation, exploring the likes of magnesium, ashwagandha, L-theanine, you know, glycine, all all have some studies and looking at their, their ability to help kind of improve the onset of sleep. You know, sleep masks, I spoke about this on my Instagram yesterday, it's sleep mask is probably one of I the went and, best- I
0: went and bought one. I saw, is that, that's what, that's what my, my, door, my door just went and it was the sleep mask I ordered yesterday <laughs> I, Honestly, saw your, I saw your post and there's an article that I sent out to some of my athletes talking about mm-hmm. sleep mask and how yeah. it improved somebody's sleep and there was like there was this research this study they used mm-hmm. one group and they wore a sleep mask and the other group didn't and they did a cognitive yeah. test and the group that wore the sleep mask had better score so yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Sorry, I, I let you carry on. Honestly, I
1: don't ever envisage not having a sleep mask ever while I go to bed ever again. It's one of the it's one of the best things. And if we think about how cheap it is, you get such a great return on investment to, for improving your sleep. And then you've got things like sleeping in a cold room, going to bed at a good time, you know, limiting blue light. i doing all sorts of different things, I always want to wake up feeling refreshed, feeling ready to go, because if you don't, you're just going to struggle throughout the rest of the day. It's just going to be a bit of a slog. So, and of course, when we're thinking about recovery for athletes as well, getting a good solid eight, eight, maybe even nine hours sleep, that's going to be when your body is repairing and recovering to allow you to go again the next day. So sleep is absolutely critical.
0: And I think sometimes um, we're, I think sometimes we're not uh, aware of what good sleep is have you do you mm. think do you think that's something that people sometimes are not actually aware of so when you talk to them about sleep they're like i get, i get eight hours but it's 12 till midnight till Ex- eight and exactly exactly that you're so
1: you're spot on because there's a big difference in getting eight hours sleep from 1 a.m to 9 a.m than there is from getting it from 10 30 a.m to 6 30 a.m where you're more in line with your circadian clock i always feel like it's a slog like yeah there might there might be times when you, know, you whether there's an event or something or I don't know, something that uh, that makes you go to bed a bit later and you still try and wake up a a good time to get eight or nine hours, but you still feel lethargic and groggy. I always just feel like going to bed on the same day that you wake up is a really good strategy to get a good night's sleep. So you're going to wake up on a Monday, just go to bed on that Monday day at 10.30 in the evening or 11, whatever it may be at the latest. So that's really important as well, thinking about what actually constitutes a good night of sleep. And also people think about, you know, alcohol, they might have a nightcap, but actually what that's going to do, that's going to really dramatically reduce your actual quality of sleep. You know, being sedated doesn't equate to a good night of sleep. So yeah, I think works for some people some people like alcohol some people like cannabis but i think if you want to have a really quality night of sleep you want to be getting you know nutrients in like magnesium l-theanine potentially exploring ashwagandha sleeping in a cold room limiting your blue light wearing a sleep mask and those are going to be the keys for, for like an actual quality night of sleep
0: yeah and i think once you go once you have a good quality night of sleep and it takes time once you do have one you'll realize the difference and you'll feel the difference in your day. So, um, yeah, dial into it, like get that good quality night's sleep because it will make a big difference. I also think that um, the the absorption of your training and the ability for you to train harder the next day really does happen when you sleep. Um, If you can maximize your sleep, you might not have to train as hard um, and it won't feel as hard. Yeah. Um, because I find sometimes, you know, we know that maybe you can touch on this in terms of how, how well you burn fat or, you know, in terms of the processes in the body, if you're sleeping well, they, they, they they happen at night and they happen when, um, I, th- I think, you know, human growth hormone we know is, is highest at about one 12 to 1am midnight to 1am. Yeah. So yeah if you're awake, you're, you're not allowing that growth hormone to do the work it needs to
1: do. Yeah, and another thing is when you sleep, you, you activate the glymphatic system, which essentially like cleans the brain. So for thinking about clarity of mind, clarity of thought as you go into the next day, getting a good night's sleep is so, so important. Muscle recovery, as you mentioned, growth hormone secretion at those hours of the night. Just get into bed, and I think I understand. There's, you know, we have so many of these distractions, whether it's Netflix, whether it's you know something else, social media, being on our phones. But that's where I think discipline comes in. You know, I think I, I get it because it's very easy, and I've obviously caught myself many times. You know, whether I'm lying in bed and I'm just you know looking at stuff, but you then have to just think like, is there you know that that kind of short-term? i don't even call it short-term pain because going to bed early isn't pain, but you call it short-term pain for long-term gain, essentially. You know, maybe putting your phone down and you, you want to look at something and that might be like, oh, I really want to have a look at that. But, you know, in the long term, if you consistently get your sleep right, consistently sleep at a good time, you're just going to be so like dialed in, ready, refreshed, recovered. It's just going to benefit you in so many ways.
0: Yeah, 100 percent. And I think what what I think is sometimes being missed out is that you the benefits of sleeping a good time they compound so you just have to do it for a consistent amount of time um and there's also is there also some research around ghrelin the hunger hormone being released more if you sleep later
1: yes so i actually spoke about this on twitter so i think what was it that i looked at so yes if you sleep later you you blunt the i think it's you blunt the production of leptin which is the satiety hormone which tells you when you're full essentially, and then increases the amount of ghrelin, which is the hunger hormone. So sleeping later, you're more likely to actually consume more food, which is then going to involve consuming more calories, potentially obviously disrupting your sleep because whilst your digestive system is working overtime, you're going to struggle to actually get into a deep, you know, deep stage of sleep. It's always recommended to stop eating around two to three hours before you go to bed. So again, that's another really interesting thing into how like sleep can impact your dietary habits. Um, and then that could potentially have a knock-on effect further
0: down the line yeah the reason why i pick up on that is because a lot of people start running and they think it burns the most calories and then they think they can just continue to do anything what they want but i think it's important that if you do start running you eat really well because it will help with the 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 actual running and make that easier but also you need to sleep really well so that whatever you're doing is is just being absorbed and you can get the benefits but also you need to try and create that hormonal balance and i think being plant-based getting all those minerals all those you know all the all the good stuff that we've been talking about is super super important um cool you've mentioned ashwagandha which um you talked about you know supplements and support sleep i know everybody loves a supplement they love a little you know it was something, something. CMOS is <laughs> CMOS is CMOS is now in the papers. Tell us about CMOS. I've seen the uh, I've uh, seen the hot yeah. gu- the hot girls in LA using CMOS. So <laughs> tell us more about it. The funny thing about like
1: things like, you know, I, I think there's obviously so much value in, in supplementation. Like obviously you've got CMOS and with having the beliefs have the ninety-two of the hundred and two minerals or something along those lines. Um, I personally don't use CMOS. I think there's um, there is a lot of there's a lot of different ways in which you can get those minerals and those nutrients. And you don't necessarily, I think maybe want to get some of those metals into your body. Anyway, that's beside the point. I I think that there's more of a focus on trying to kind of go with the sexy stuff like the ashwagandha, the sea moss, the, the, you know, the ones that are really popular on social media, as opposed to kind of developing the basics because the basics and the fundamentals of nutrition are quite boring, you know, balance your plate, whether that's, whether it's omnivorous or plant-based, you want to get in, Good amount of healthy fats. You want to get in good quality, uh, complex carbohydrates, unrefined carbohydrates, and then you also want to get you know good quality sources of plant protein or animal protein, whatever that may be. You want to train well, more you know, three to four times a week at, at the minimum. You want to sleep well. It sounds quite boring but you know talking about the likes of ashwagandha and you know the sea mosses and all these different things they can be quite attractive so people often gravitate towards those thinking they're going to get like the benefits is going to be the holy grail for their health without having the basics locked down and i think that's a bit backwards you want to get the basics sorted first and if you want to try and get the extra one or two percent from different supplement different supplements and that's that's okay to explore but i think get those fundamentals right first they are boring but they always stand the test of time. You know, there's always going to be the new supplement on the block at some point. Um, so, yeah, focusing on the fundamentals and then seeing coming to the, I call them the sexy stuff a bit later on, if you really want to get that extra 1%, absolutely fine.
0: Okay, amazing. <clears throat> I think that's a, that's a common theme I found. Um, somebody will come to me and they'll say, I want to run faster, and I want to feel better when I run. And then they'll talk to me about the, uh, yeah, the the protein, the protein shake they want to get, or the gels they want to use. But they've not actually, <laughs> like, they've not actually done any running. So, well, I, think, yeah, I, think, exactly. I think we, I think we want to use tools. Sometimes tools excite us, and like having yeah. a supplement excites us. Um, maybe maybe purchase the supplement. Keep it on the side and then wait three or four weeks when you've done yeah. every, done all your training and then you can, yeah, you can start to to, to start um, playing with that because, yeah, we need to, as a society, I think if we can get back to simple, basic things, yeah. we definitely, um, yeah, we definitely can,
1: yeah, I just think we, we need to get back to that. Um, the basics always work. The, ba- the basics will always stand the test of time. Going to sleep at a good time and getting eight hours of sleep, moving your body multiple times a week, eating the whole foods diet. It's quite boring. There's nothing exciting there, but it works. So focus on what works, what, what you know works. And yeah, absolutely. There are different supplements that, you know, there are, you know, emerging studies that show benefit, whether it's for sleep, whether it's for athletic performance, you know, using things like beetroot and things like that to increase nitric oxide. Really interesting. But you're not going to get the benefits of nitric oxide production from beetroot if your overall diet is really poor, you know? So you can't, you've got to flip it on its head and get the basics right first and then start to in, in, include, you know, some of these, uh, some of the other aspects.
0: For real, for real. Okay. How about Baobab super fruit? Do you know Baobab? Hey, baobab.
1: Yeah. So Baobab, again, uh, I don't know too much about it. I believe it's, is it rich? In, maybe it's rich in vitamin C. I believe it's rich in vitamin C, but... Uh, again, like re- really powerful. Really, you know, uh, there's a lot, of, um, a lot of kind of, it's, I mean, it's been used for thousands of years. So that's, for me, that's always a good sign if it's, you know, it's got history back behind it. Of course, we're seeing a lot of these studies now in Western culture, but I think there's a lot of these kind of compounds have been studied for ages. But again, it's, no one's, it's, not, it's not in someone's interest to think that they're going to just completely change their athletic performance through Baobab. It's through doing the basics consistently over time, day in, day out. That's, what's going to change. Yeah. And of course, you know, if you want to get Baobab to just kind of increase that, increase that nutrient content, then you're going to be all good. But I think, as I said, we, we, we see these tools, we see these supplements and we get excited, but if you're not in a place where you've locked in the foundations first, I don't really think you have much business looking towards some of these compounds.
0: So yeah, Baobab is 33% of your daily vitamin C, slow energy release. Yeah. Uh, 34% soluble fiber um, yeah. supports absorption of iron um, it's really good for your digestive health obviously because of the fiber yeah. uh, prebiotic gut health um, again because of the fiber yeah. um, and then obviously because of vitamin C it supports your skin
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so it's clearly got a good nutritional profile but I think what people because it's one of those ones that typically it comes in supplement form in the west anyway yeah it's a,
0: it's a powder so yeah it looks like so I'm just looking on I've actually got some um, yeah. so I'm actually looking on the website of the the, the product I've got um, yeah. and yeah usually it's a prickly green furry coating brown coconut like shell um, yeah. in uh, it's called Africa's Tree of Life never knew that yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I can't see where, which country it comes from but yeah I think yeah, it, but what would what would you put it on? I guess
1: you could put it in a smoothie. I think the best thing to do is probably to put it in a smoothie. Um, that's probably the easiest way to go about it. Maybe the the taste profile might not be to everyone's liking, but on your you porridge, just...
0: on your porridge with honey, probably could do that. Probably could do that. But just make but sure you're doing the basics, and then you know you that's can what's use what's the baba. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I,
1: don't, I don't want anyone to think that I don't. You know, I obviously love baba. If you look in my cupboard, I can there's, see. There's I can see
0: stuff. on your shelf. What are they? Like, You've got sorts of ma- only so show
1: got, like, loads of herbs up there. I've got medicinal mushrooms. One of my cupboards is like chock full of. I've got like moringa, beetroot, my supplements. But I know wow. that there's no point in using them. I, I know that my I get my sleep right. I know that I train four or five times a week. I know that my nutrition, whole foods, is on point all the time. And then I come to that stuff. yeah you know, for example, when I started my plant based journey and my health journey, my cupboards weren't anywhere near this full because mm-hmm. I was looking to get the basic locked in first. You know and then once once i've done that now i can start to explore and look at different research papers about these different compounds and oh maybe this could give me one percent or you know see how that works out um so that's the way that i do it
0: you put some interesting stuff about cbd let's break this one down because i was <laughs> i was laughing <laughs> i was laughing i was watching your stories tell me about tell us about cbd because one of my one of my clients who probably will listen to this uses mm. cbd um in a product to try and go yeah. to sleep in a liquid form, in a product. Yeah, yeah. Um, So what was what was the information that you found about CBD that you could share
1: well, with us? I mean, CBD is something that I've explored kind of over the years. I've, I remember there was a period in 2020 slash 2021 when I was using it a lot to, to help improve my sleep. And it really does help improve sleep. There's a couple of papers, one that I actually referenced where it can help to reduce anxiety at doses of around 300 milligrams. So that's quite a significant clinical dose. But the reason why I mentioned it was because There's this drink, and a lot of a lot of companies are doing this. So there's I'm sure you've heard of the drink called Trip. We weren't gonna we
0: weren't gonna put the company on blast, but okay. There's
1: (laughs) there's a drink. (laughs) There's a drink. All right, there's a drink that um that we all know. And this is very common. So what what companies do is that they kind of you know extol the benefits or the supposed Mm -hmm. virtues of a compound, and they're not, you know, they're not wrong in, in, the, in, you know, stolen the virtues of a compound like CBD or L-theanine, which they also have in there as well, and ginseng. But the amount is so critical for it to actually have any kind of clinical effect. So having 15 milligrams of CBD in a can of drink will do next to nothing. So it's really just, a, it's really just almost like a marketing ploy. They, they, you know, they say something along the lines of kind of, find your calm in a world of chaos. And I'm like, you not, it's not gonna happen. It's just not going to happen and you know a lot of other companies they similar to this company as well they put other compounds but they don't specify the amounts that they're putting in there and again if they put a really minute amount of a compound like l-theanine in a drink it's just not going to have any clinical effect whatsoever and i think the reason why they do this again because you know a lot of companies put a lot of money into marketing but maybe not so much into the product if you wanted to actually create a product that was going to have a clinical effect you're going to have to spend more money on the actual product itself. So you're going to have to spend more money on getting a clinical clinically significant amount of CBD into your product, L-theanine, ginseng. And then you're probably going to end up creating a, you know, it's not going to be a, a profit driven business anymore. It's going to, you're probably going to be you know, operating at a loss because you're actually putting money into quality products. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not just, you know, it's not just specific to them. Lots of companies do this. And it's just something that I want people to be aware of because you're basically just paying three four pounds or whatever it may be for just a really nice tasting drink, which is not going to have any clinical benefits. Do
0: you think regulators also, like in terms of the food standards agency, do you think they have a, a, an input on how much CBD can go into a product?
1: Possibly, but I mean, again, it's something maybe I should do a bit more research on. And maybe there's maybe they're not um, they're not liable, they're not licensed to be able to put a certain amount of CBD in a product. But that means you, you can't then start to say that you're going to give someone the benefits that a clinically significant amount of CBD, such as 300 milligrams, is going to give you from like a, an actual CBD product, like a, an oil. Is going to you know you're going to get the same from that drink. So it's, it's interesting, and, and maybe there's an, an argument around whether there's certain loopholes, whether you just have to just mention or, you know, mention the product and just put the absolute minimum amount for it to be, for for you to not be liable. So it's really interesting, but I think a lot of people unfortunately fall for it because they see the clever marketing, they see that we've got nice packaging, they see that it's, you know, stocked in health food stores. So they're just thinking, well, it must be healthy. So it must, it must work. And I think this is probably where the placebo effect comes in as well because any real feeling that you're going to get from a drink with 15 milligrams of CBD in is really likely to be placebo. So it's interesting.
0: Very, very. And I think there's also, from my clinical experience, there is a, there is a, there is a conversation around placebo. We know the brain is super powerful. Um, yeah. We know that within physiotherapy, there's manual treatments and manual treatments can have a physical effect but they can also have a placebo effect and mm. um there's the white coat syndrome which basically means that um and they've shown in studies where they've given a placebo uh, a non um non kind of pharmacological like tablet to, yeah. to people and that has improved people's symptoms without yeah. them changing anything so we do have to understand that placebo is real it's real yeah. in the world. Um, but from our perspective, I guess, we're trying to say do everything you can um, so you don't need supplements. And there's so much more we can do without using supplements. Um, be careful, I think, with with all of these um, claims. And, and and remember, a supplement is just that, to supplement your diet. Supplement,
1: exactly. It's to supplement your diet. It's not to replace anything. It's to kind of just, you know, for, for example, in a, from a plant-based standpoint, there are certain supplements that you do need to help fill in the gap. So for example, vitamin B12 isn't found readily available in plant foods. I mean, you can get it in some fortified foods, but you're just best off taking a supplement. Also same case with omega-3, DHA and EPA. We can get the shorter chain ALA fats from the likes of chia seeds, walnuts, flax seeds and hemp seeds, but the conversion into the kind of longer chain DHA EPA, which is what the brain thrives on, which is what's gonna improve cardiovascular health, the conversion can be quite low. So taking a supplement as an insurance policy is a really good option. A good thing to, it's a smart thing to do. So there are, there are supplements that I think do have great benefit. I do think though that, you know, people maybe look to supplements a bit too much to, to kind of, you know, think they're going to get huge benefits without actually focusing on the, the kind of surrounding areas of their lifestyle, which are really what, what's going to be more important.
0: Yeah. I think, um, you've touched on a great point there. And when I was, uh, you, you know when I was working through my vegetarian year um, I I did miss out on b12 and that's something after a while it definitely impacted me do you have any oh. other key tips I think you've kind of moved on to what some of like one of our last questions do you have key tips on what you need to do to implement a plant-based diet
1: so I think if we just just following on from the supplementation so you've got vitamin b12 omega-3 DHA and EPA vitamin D is really important I think To be honest, that's really important whatever diet you're on. I think, you know, try and get as much from the sun if you can. But if you live in the UK, like we do, it's going to be freezing all the time. So looking towards a supplement is a good idea. Then just being aware of certain nutrients like that. You can get from plant foods, but you just need to know which ones to get them from. So the likes of iron, you want to get them from dark leafy greens. You want to get them from legumes. You want to get them from foods like chlorella, which is really rich in iron. Then you want to look towards zinc. Zinc's available in legumes and pumpkin seeds is a good source of zinc as well um then you want to look at the calcium that's something that we touched on earlier as uh, earlier as well when we were chatting um, before the episode So calcium is really important so if you remove cow's milk from your diet you're losing a lot of calcium so where are you going to get your calcium from you want to be looking towards the fortified plant milks that have calcium in them You want to be looking towards the likes of low-oxalate greens like broccoli, bok choy, kale. And when I say low-oxalate greens, it's important because for some people, oxalates that are present in foods like spinach can bind to nutrients like calcium and prevent them from being absorbed in the body. So that's why low-oxalate greens, like as I said, the bok choy, broccoli, kale, these are really important to get into your diet for calcium. Kidney beans are a great source of calcium as well. So again, selenium is another trace mineral that you want to kind of make sure you're on top of. Getting a couple of Brazil nuts every day is going to help with that. And then iodine is another one. So using either iodized salt or seaweed is a really good source of iodine as well. So yeah, these are just the things. You just need to have, just have a little bit of education, a little bit of taking time to understand how to optimize it. And then when we're thinking about actually trying to translating that into your meals, first you want to eat a greater volume of food. And this is something that I kind of came across came a cropper a little bit but i rectified it really quickly is that because plant-based foods are less calorie dense than meat if you don't increase your volume of food and have like if you always have about like the same amount of food on your plate you're going to be eating less calories by default and then you're going to put yourself in an unwanted calorie deficit so you need to eat a lot and but it's, it's not food that you it's not an amount of food that you won't be able to kind of digest or eat it's just the greater volume um, and also getting those kind of high calorie plant foods in like your nut butters, your avocado, hummus, lentil, sweet potato, those types of foods as well. And I think always start slow because I think a lot of people, I mean, it's funny that I say that because I was someone who kind of dived into it and then kind of transitioned and figured out as I was going along. But a lot of people try and kind of dive in and then get a little bit lost and then want to go back to kind of what they're more familiar with. So whether that's kind of just starting with one plant-based meal a day or one plant-based meal a week, whether it's maybe just have your oatmeal in the morning with protein, nuts and seeds or a smoothie or something like that. And then get a couple of other recipes under your belt. And I've got loads of recipes on my page that I kind of just put out to the community. Um, and then just kind of get those under your belt, get comfortable with those, maybe three or four. And then you can start to branch out and see how else you can do it. And also remembering that it's it's not really a lifestyle that caters much to convenience. It does involve a good amount of planning, as I think any healthy diet should. But a plant-based diet particularly, to do it really well, to make sure that you thrive, you need to plan for it. So I'll say those are the major keys to kind of give people an understanding of how they can best do a plant-based diet.
0: Amazing. I'm going to start getting back into it slowly but surely because um, I do sleep early, but my sleep has been wayward. So I'm going to try and get back into it. I also want to support some of the people I work with. So I think when I experience something, then I can say to somebody, OK, this is what you're supposed to do. This is how it feels. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's a big thing for me. I think um, really the calcium piece is super important because I've been experiencing and working with people who have had uh, stress fracture issues and, and bone density issues and vitamin D is also yeah. another thing that I know we're not we're not really on top of as, as a society yeah. and especially people who run. So yeah. um, I'm going to start unpicking this myself and deep diving. Food and nutrition and fueling is probably my weakest point simply because of time. Um, so I'm going to start planning more and trying to eat a lot more leafy green vegetables, being more yeah. plant-based. Um, so hopefully anyone listening to this who knows me and sees me uh, can keep me accountable. And anyone who else is plant-based, anyone else who's plant-based, please do. Let's talk about it. Let's dissect it. And um, I think when you have those conversations like this one, it does open your eyes up to more. Um, and please do follow Jeffrey because yeah, yeah, your your content, you know, I think we're, we're probably quite aligned in terms of our values and our principles. Yeah. And your content does speak to me because I think we get one body and we we can we can utilize it and maximize it and i think the longevity of our body is is actually um i think it's understated and it's under under reported i think age is age is not as severe as we think um so let's let's make sure we kind of utilize our bodies as much as possible so where can people find you Yeah, so
1: you can find me on Instagram, just my name, Jeffrey Weddy. Uh, Twitter, same username, just with an underscore at the end. Also my website, which is www.thewealthofhealth.co.uk. So I've got a lot more kind of longer form blog posts and a few recipes there as well. And you can sign up to my email newsletter where I kind of put out bi-weekly newsletters kind of just with more information around health and well-being and plant-based nutrition um and yeah, just what just wanted to touch on what you mentioned there with regards to the longevity that's a really really important piece because i think there's this false belief that when when we hit 30 the human body just kind of crumbles and falls apart that's that that would be like such a disrespect to god's design it's just not how it works like the reason why you fall apart is because we stop giving the body what it needs we stop giving it movement we stop giving it proper fuel and nutrition we stop giving it adequate rest through sleep you know through you know whether it's meditation or any of other, any of these other kind of rest practices those are the foundations you know i'm i'm going to be 35 in june and i feel like i'm the healthiest i've ever been and that's not going to stop anytime soon so and i just want all, i just want everyone to realize that this is something that we can all kind of lean into at varying levels of course not everyone's going to be Someone who wants to optimize every area of their health, but you can take you you can do basic steps. If you train three times a week, eat more whole foods and unprocessed foods, and sleep seven or eight hours a night, you're going to be pretty good. You know what I mean? But there's so many people who just aren't doing that. So yeah, I'm really big on that longevity piece as well.
0: Yeah, and and you know, from my perspective, I think um, it's really important for us to discuss this as well from a cultural perspective. You know, being from Africa, uh, I think and black men it's i believe it's quite super important for us to to put this out there in terms of the information because as we discussed it was quite difficult when we both went plant-based in our in our you know respective cultures but i think the other thing to to understand is globally we are we are feeling the effects of um lockdowns of um you know changes to our health systems which are under more stress um, and and we we are having more and more um both mental and physical ailments which are affecting all of us so Mm. um you need to have your health first before you start thinking about your running your lifestyle and your culture so really make your health the cornerstone the base and build from there and um both jeffrey and i are uh, you know passionate about that so uh jeffrey thank you so much for your time i appreciate you and i appreciate you giving you your time um to this podcast
1: i appreciate you having me on it's been a pleasure you know i always i'm always such a huge advocate of having conversations like this because i do think even if it helps one person and helps to create that snowball effect i just think it's so so important so yeah man i really appreciate you having me on and uh, keep up the good work yourself on your end as well it's been really great to see what you've been up to Thank you, man. This has been the Running Lifestyle
0: Culture podcast. I've been Manny Ovola, Coach Manny, the people's coach, and we had Jeffrey Bodie on. And that was an amazing episode. Please do like, subscribe, you know. Give us the five stars, all that. Give us some feedback. Let us know what you thought. Um, Big love, and we'll see you again soon.